Hello and welcome to the Distance Diaries podcast episode two. My name's Fraser and I am from London. And my name's Natalia and I'm from Mexico City. Thanks for listening if you listened last week. And if you didn't, welcome. Uh, this is a podcast where we just chat about everything that we found interesting in the last week. So, Fraser, first of all, have you done anything interesting this week in London? Uh, yeah, I've been out and about a fair bit. So, um, I was out at a gig on Thursday seeing Pale Waves, who I may have mentioned in the last episode. Um, but yeah, I actually went and saw them um, in the centre of town, which was great. Um, also, then was at the um, Fulham game, the championship playoff final um, on Saturday Ooh. at Wembley, and Fulham did win, so that was made it a lot better. Definitely a day to remember. <laughs> um, and today I was at the cricket, although that only lasted an hour and a half. It was a bit of a shame. Um, Which for Mexican people, cricket usually lasts from five to seven hours. Yeah, five so. to seven hours in a, in a day for a, for a, for a test match. Um, unfortunately, it went on for an hour and a half, which was a bit disappointing. The only other thing that I've got kind of of note was that I did go to Nando's with a friend, um, which was nice. <laughs> I hadn't been for, yeah, I hadn't been for a while. So definitely um, one of the highlights of my week. Um, what about you? Um, well, I had a whole day out this week, which is most of what I did. I went to a coffee shop in Condesa called Blend Station, which is great for working. If you ever want to go and work there, it's really good. Uh, then I went for ice cream at a place called Casa Visconti, which has great gelatos. Definitely recommend that one as well. Yeah, I chilled out in Parque Mexico as well, which is also in Condesa, and it's full of dogs. If you like dogs, that is the place to be in Mexico City. <laughs> And I went for dinner to a Japanese restaurant with my friends. So it feels like quite an eventful week, except it was mostly one day. So, <laughs> so um, as you can tell, we're not, not especially good at segues. Um, so next, next question, Natalia, what have you been kind of watching, listening to or reading this week? I haven't read anything, which is really sad because my holiday, I should be reading. But I've been watching a Netflix show called Safe. It's actually Netflix with Canal Plus, which is a French channel, which is funny. It's a French-English production. It's with Michael C. Hall, who many might know from Dexter, and Amanda Abington, who is in like uh, so many English shows, it's hard to count. Um, it's really good. It's about a guy who loses his wife and he has two daughters. And on the first episode, he, one of his daughters goes missing. And as he looks for her, he like uncovers all the secrets from both his family and the gated community in which he lives in, which is in a generic English town. And basically it's a mixture between Broadchurch and Desperate Housewives. Oh, what? So if that sounds like something you should watch. That was going to be my question. Yeah, what's it comparable to? But both of yeah, those things. Broadchurch. So it's a very sort of BBC type show, like BBC Mystery, hmm. um, which is like, I forgot the name of this show. I think it's called 13. And like Dr. Foster... Very dramatic and based on the town, uh, like Broadchurch. But it is also quite American in a way, and I guess that's because it's a Netflix production. Quite good, it's quite entertaining. I would recommend it. And I've also been watching the second season of 13 Reasons Why, which is another Netflix production. And disclaimer for this one that I think is important. Uh, Jay Asher, the author of the books, the one book, uh, has been accused of sexual assault, which is, I think it's important to point out, given it's one of the topics dealt with in the series. 
the second series is not based on his book, but still worth mentioning, I think. And another thing is, if you're thinking of watching 13 Reasons Why, genuinely listen to the warnings at the start of the series and at the start of the episodes. If you are dealing with something like depression or this is more American, but if you've dealt with gun violence or sexual assault and you're not okay mentally, I would say do not watch it. It's for people to be aware of these issues. So it's very graphic, it's very triggering. Don't watch it if you're dealing with that. If you're not dealing with that, I would recommend watching it just to understand what these issues are like. And on a less serious note, I also listened to the podcast The High Low. Um, After listening to this podcast, a lot of my friends have been asking me for recommendations and I recommend The High Low. Um, It's a podcast where they deal with pop culture and on the last episode they talked about the repeal the 8th referendum in Ireland about abortion and it was very in-depth, it was very good and they talked about the royal wedding which if you liked our last episode you'll be interested in that. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Phrase, after my ramble? What have you been watching? Um, I guess nothing quite as deep or um, (laughs) consuming anything quite as deep as that. Actually, that's a lie. I've been listening to the audio book. I don't know if I mentioned this before. Um, Anyway, if I did, apologies for... Um, it's called 12 Rules for Life and it's by I suppose a psychologist really called Jordan Peterson who um, has been making quite a few media appearances over the past couple of years he's quite a kind of controversial guy but the book is sort of very in-depth touches on sort of history religion psychology all about basically what it is to be a person and how to sort of live your place in the world if that makes sense why is he why is he controversial sorry well he just you know he he goes into topics like religion and just breaks them down for back to basics and for example i've just been listening to a chapter about where he's looking at um the creation story of how the earth was formed and you know if you're a religious person you might you might not enjoy the way he breaks that down or Mm. you might not enjoy the way he talks about certain scientific kind of aspects of humanity um he kind of doesn't doesn't pull too many punches when he's he's talking about it but anyway i i quite enjoy it um Mm. tv wise i've been catching up on a bbc show that's been on over the last few weeks called the split um, I can't remember who's in it, but it's got a bunch of actors and actresses who are in basically every other BBC show. Um, but it's kind of a legal, uh, family and legal drama. Um, and it's pretty good so far. I'm only a few episodes in, but enjoying that it. That sounds like I like it. Yeah, I think, BBC, I think most people would like it. Yeah. I think the BBC trades between props and actors. All their shows have the same yeah. actors and the same props. Yeah, and it's just got a very BBC look, <laughs> just visually yeah. everything. It's just, it's, it's, it's good. It's very watchable. Music-wise, one new track caught my eye this week. It's by a new artist called No Rome, unusual name. Um, the track is Do It Again, produced by the kind of two main guys from 1975. So, yeah, it's a sound that, that I like. Maybe for fans of the Japanese house, if, you've, if you're familiar with, with that band as well i reckon it's for fans of dirty hit in in general yeah who's the the com the recording company for nine cent five japanese house pale waves yeah all these these artists that fraser loves yeah if you like those <laughs> you'll like no Rome. yeah for sure and basically i think this is funny uh that dirty hit uses as marketing just 1975 fans 
Like they expect yeah. 975 fans to do all the marketing for all the other bands, which phrases us wonderfully. <laughs> some some would say I am a victim. Um, others no, would say right, yeah. I am a fan of good music. So <laughs> I, I I do I I like them too. They're really good artists. So just check out Dirty Hit in general. I think you'll find really cool artists if you just check out that that record label. I think. Right, should we move on to our first topic, Bryce? Yeah, so we're going to come back like we did last week with, with looking at kind of um, a topic that's been on our minds over the last few weeks. Um, and that is the use of our kind of personal data and information. So obviously earlier this year, we had the Cambridge Analytica and Facebook scandal. Um, and that sort of made us ask the question of how at risk are we and how... At risk is our personal information. Yeah. Um, so I think, first of all, and what I would like to point out with Cam- Cambridge Analytica is I think that the term data breach really alarmed a lot of people. And I think I think The Guardian started that, that term, but I'm not sure how many other media outlets used it. And I think it, it caused a lot of alarm and a lot of panic in people thinking that their data had been somehow hacked and accessed which is is not true um and this is from the independent and a data breach usually does suggest that there's been some sort of like wall protection that has been undone and that's not what happened um facebook was working as it should have worked this was it was not new and it was not something that had just started happening on facebook the thing is it started happening with politics that's what was new yeah um but the the access to our information has been the same for a long time. It's not it's not a new thing, I think. Yeah, and I mean that's not necessarily to say that it's right that this has been going mm. on, but yeah, it's yeah, the fact course. that the case of of Donald Trump, etc., is what's what it's taken to like bring this to the public attention. I guess. Yeah, I think what is worrying about Donald Trump specifically is that we saw how much he contradicted himself. And what did happen with this data usage was with the contradictions, according to your personal preferences, they would use what he said that would agree with you, even if he contradicted it the next day. Um, That's why people talk about manipulation, but I'm not sure, and this is something that I want to ask you, how much are we actually at risk of being manipulated by adverts, do you think? Because I'm not sure where that at risk of, of manipulation. I, I think it's difficult because is <laughs> is advertising a product to me and then me buying it, have I been manipulated into buying it? I would say if I've seen an advert for a product, made a conscious decision to buy it based on the facts, then then that's fine. I think the issue with like the political thing is that it's using data that was obtained in a questionable way to then send people information which may or may not be true, basically. Mm. Um, and I guess that that's why a lot of the sort of um, the rules are being reviewed and, and there's so many changes kind of being made. Yeah. What's sort of really interesting to me about this whole thing and what I was sort of reading about various places and various kind of commentators were trying to figure out is we don't actually know the consequences of companies having our data. 
So mm. we don't. The, the reason why this Cambridge Analytica scandal and others have been so shocking is that it's not something that people have anticipated. We know that when we buy something online, people have information about us because we give them that information. We give them where we live. We give them our um, credit card yeah. information, and we tell them our name, phone number, all of those things. And, and by by buying something, we tell them what we like and what we're interested in. But the problem is, we don't know. What does it actually mean that Amazon has, and I was looking at the list, it's incredible. It just knows everything about you. But we don't know what would happen, you know, what's actually going to happen to that. And what is the next scandal going to look like? Because it's not going to look like the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Because they're going to try and fix some of those holes now. Mm. It's just, and, and ultimately the prediction from an article I was looking at on Mashable was... The, the the scandal of 2023, so in five years' time, is going to be worse because it will be a bigger yeah. scale. It will affect more people. And it's not something that necessarily right now we, we're capable of um, anticipating. What is interesting to me is how we sort of almost do victimise ourselves, though. Because it is clearly immoral what what these types of things do not just Cambridge Analytica a lot of companies it is immoral what they do with your data but I think what I've seen a lot of people be scared about is they know who I am and they know what I like and they don't really care about you specifically they're not precisely doing an advert for me Natalia specifically they're doing an advert for people like me maybe <laughs> but the elections in the elections in Mexico are happening right now, for example, and I am seeing more adverts for a certain candidate that I won't mention. <laughs> Very diplomatic. So I'm getting more adverts for one than for the other three. But that doesn't... I know it's adverts. Like, it wouldn't change my mind. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I'm not that <laughs> fragile mentally. And I think we like to put ourselves in a position where we think, oh, we're being manipulated. And I kind of think you're not that fragile, I think. I think what's more worrying is what they can do with your data on another scale, not for advertising, but on a scale of using your photos or using your where you live. Like, that's, that's scarier, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess, like, ultimately with elections and things like that, all you can really do is just just be aware. And I think... Actually, if there's one good thing that's going to come out of the whole thing, it's that people are going to be very sceptical about what they see. Not everyone, but most people are going to be pretty aware of, you know, is what I'm seeing true? Where's it coming from? Yeah. How's it being delivered to me? Why is it being delivered to me? And hopefully that's kind of a good thing. No, that will definitely be a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess one other thing that, that's kind of related is that we've all been getting, and I, I assumed that this was just a European phenomenon because of the GDPR regulations that have come in. But Natalia's told me that in Mexico as well, everyone has been getting like hundreds of emails from every business um, yeah. that, they're, that they're subscribed to by email with, we've updated your privacy policy, or you need to click here to, up, to accept our new privacy policy. But I can yeah, honestly, that is that yeah. is why this topic was chosen, right? Because we yeah. just, we got so many of those that yeah. we thought. Yeah, my 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 email inbox is ruined. I used to have about ten unread emails. I now have about two hundred and fifty. So that's going to take a day <laughs> to get rid of those. Um, but I can honestly say, and this is what's really bad. I haven't read a single one of these privacy policies that I've been sent a link to. Mm. And yet, because we don't understand them, do we? We don't. Yeah, we don't understand, and no one, no one can understand. And they all say the same thing. They say we've got X, Y, Z piece of information, and we're going to use it for various things. And none of those things 
specifically are kind of unreasonable or things that I would want to completely opt out of. But I can't, I don't know, I can't not use the service of whatever company it is, whether it's just an, uh, uh, an online store that I've bought something from or whether it's sort of a big social network like Twitter or Facebook. It's, it's almost impossible in, in the kind of online world to get away from that. Yeah, and I think it's, we, we complain and we complain about how much they use our data, but so many people spend so much time answering quizzes on Facebook because it's fun. And the quizzes do literally ask you, we are going to get access to your information. And you just go like, yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah, okay, because, it's a quiz. <laughs> yeah, it's a quiz, it's harmless. And in a way it is, but they they have been telling us that they're going to use our information. And I think we've just been a bit too naive to understand what that could be used for until things like this happen and until something like the GDPR comes to fruition. We're becoming a little mm. bit more critical about what we use. And I want to quote another little bit from the article I read in The Independent because it is good and it's about what you what can you do now that you know that they can use the information. And this is again from The Independent. The most important advice applies generally to the internet. Be alert and cautious about everything you do. Just about every service is trying to take your data, which shows just how valuable it is. And therefore, how important it is to make sure it doesn't get into the hands of people who want to exploit you with it. And I think this exploitation doesn't just mean manipulate you with um, political campaigns, but it does mean using your photos for adverts that you never approved of. Things like that you do need to be careful, I think. Yeah. Right. Cool. Should we move on to our second topic? Yeah. And this is something that I thought about because there was a girl, and I'll link her video in the show notes because um, if you're interested in this topic, you should watch that. But there's a girl called Melanie Murphy on YouTube who made a video about toxic relationships, be it friendship or romantic relationships, how to identify them, how to know you're in one. Yeah, so I've actually heard it used in kind of two different um, contexts. So um, one context I've heard it used in, which is, is, as I will mention, not how I would use it, is people who basically just hold you back. Mm. And I've heard it used a lot in the context of people sort of pursuing their dreams or um, trying to achieve something big. And I've heard the toxic friends are people who say, no, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that or who don't give you the time to kind of focus on your goals and whilst I think that can be um, kind of one symptom of people who are toxic friends I think actually the broader category that we are talking about and that the, the video that you mentioned is talking about is basically people who are just not good friends mm. and that and identifying those yeah. um, and, and and it's quite a hard topic to think about because you realize when you think back that you probably have at some point in your life had one or more and there's two that kind of that I actually used to live with um (laughs) in in a house of of um four people yeah and it basically it was just a case of not being able to accept differences with other people and ultimately the the hardest part is to realize that like these people aren't your friends anymore (laughs) And I guess it was just a case of like reflecting as a whole on what was going on, which is is not easy. No, it's definitely not easy. And I think 
Well, you, the first type of person you mentioned, that can be considered a toxic relationship as well, though. Um, if someone yeah. isn't happy about you doing well or doesn't want you to do well, there's something wrong there. And I think there's a lot of different ways to identify that you're in a toxic relationship. And it is important to say that if it is a toxic relationship, it, it can mean that the other person is toxic, but it can also mean that you just didn't have compatible personalities and it turned into something toxic. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's 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 what you've hit on is kind of the distinction between someone who's just not your friend. Yeah, right. He's just he's just not like you just don't get on well with versus someone who kind of seems like your friend. But then as you get to know them, it's just not a good friend to you, if that makes sense. I think a lot of this relationship start with making making you feel less lonely, making you feel like you've got someone to talk to or like you never had a friendship like this before and it, it starts off really great and it starts off really sort of almost intense and almost like what happened to you that's why you decided to live with them yeah but as you get to know the person you realize that there was something wrong there and i think that it's okay and it doesn't mean that you're saying the other person's necessarily a bad person you're just saying it doesn't work i think and it's really hard to realize but the main thing is if the bad things are outweighing the good things in a in a relationship or in a friendship that i think that's time to to end it yeah and i i feel like kind of building on that you just the thing that has and i know you feel the same that the the reason why you realize that they're a toxic friend is just that you feel so tired yeah that's like you feel like you just you just don't want to make you just you can't do it anymore you can't make the effort anymore they've you feel like you're worn down and i think that's the number one thing and then once you feel once you realize that that's what you're feeling then you're like oh hang on here are the actual things that they're doing that are making me feel that way but I think it it almost takes you to get to that point of being so worn down that that you then realize yeah if if every if every time you see someone you end up tired there's something there's something there that's not working it's wearing you down um and I think there's a few common traits that a lot of people in toxic relationships see, um, like jealousy or I'm not even I'm not talking normal type of jealousy, but like bit bitterness. Yeah, bitterness and, and blaming you and yeah, I'm lucky enough to not have a lot of experience with toxic relationships, um, but I think from a lot of what I've heard people tell me and my my little experience is. If you f- constantly feel guilty because of this person, it's probably toxic, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think most importantly, if you're not happy being with that person anymore, and I mean it, this, this sounds very relationshipy, but I mean it in a friendship too. If you're not, if you don't feel excited to see them, if you more, if you feel tired, even just thinking about spending time with this person, maybe step back. And that is the hardest thing. And I think that's what I would like to end this bit on is how once you've identified there's a toxic relationship how do you step back um and i don't know what you think phrase i think actually just like reflecting reflecting on our experience our own experiences um the way that we've both stepped back is by just talking to each other about it and i think the way that we've figured out when we've been in kind of toxic friendships is by talking about it to each other and often if you've got another friend who you can talk to about it that person is able to identify i i think it almost more 
like at least as quickly as you can because they'll hear like the facts and the stories and they'll see how you feel they'll look at you and they'll mm. see it in your face almost and and I think that's actually one of the best ways to reflect on it and something that is very important having someone to talk to um but if you don't have anyone to talk to or if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to something else you can do that has to do with what Frey said is you take a step back you create create a character within yourself that is your friend more than you so as if it was someone looking from the outside what would you tell a friend that was in your situation because we tend to be meaner to ourselves yeah. than we are to our friends if you would tell your friend to get out of a situation you should get out of it too yeah and it's hard that's that's a proper high level of kind of self-reflection but oh, yeah. if, you, if you can do it like it's the best I think how to step back is just talk to that person less. And it, it like if, obviously, if it's a relationship, it's easier. You just break up. But if it's a friendship, it's a bit it's a bit more difficult. And I yeah. think for you, Fraze, it was sort of there was one occasion where it became too much. And I think everyone in the house knew that it was just yeah. not working. And then you moved yeah. out and you never spoke to them again. But if <laughs> if if it's not as easy as that. Um, just talk to them a little bit less. Just be a little bit less present. You don't you don't owe anyone anything, and I think that's very important. Uh, you owe yourself your mental health, so that's the most important. That's a great way to great way to end it. I think. Thanks again so much for listening to the last episode. We got a lot of nice feedback, so thank you uh, to the people who listened to it and welcome. If you're just listening now, hope you enjoyed it. We talk about very different topics every week. Yeah, And it's, you know, it's something we're constantly trying to work on the format and, and everything like that. If you do want to hear future episodes, um, I'm not sure exactly where you'll be listening to this one, but do click subscribe. Yes. Um, and hopefully we can, can talk to you next week with another episode. And if you have any suggestions on topics, please let us know because we're, we're happy to talk about what you guys want to hear. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. My username is underscore Natalia Alvin. And mine is at Fraser D. Bell. On both of the platforms. So you can message us there. We should have a podcast email soon. So you can email us longer messages. But that will come next week. So <laughs> thanks for listening for now. And see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.